You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Hey there, Joe Clark. Great to be chatting with you this afternoon. How are you doing? I am very well, Richard, very well. And I have to tell you, I have jumped on a bandwagon. Oh, great. Please (laughs) tell us more. Okay, excellent. That's the right response to my like very grandiose statement. Uh, So I've been, I'd heard in a passing conversation a little while ago about this book called Where the Crawdads Sing. Have you heard of it? Oh, I think I've seen a movie ad for it. Yeah, but I didn't exactly. Know there was a book. yeah. So, yeah. So it's a you know sold twelve million copies kind of territory book. So seems uh-huh. to have had lots of people want to read it and read it, and so they've now made a movie. Hollywood's jumped on the bandwagon, and so I thought I'd jump on the bandwagon too and have a read. So I've been waiting for it and I'm listening to it as an audiobook. and so I just thought I'd start talking about that because I feel like now I'm going to be able to talk about it with other people because it's one of those enjoyable things about talking about books, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So basically. It's the story of two intertwining stories. It's a, a murder mystery and it's got quite a, a strong coming of age element and there's a romantic theme in there as mm-hmm. well. And basically the, the, the first li- timeline describes this young girl, Kaya, as she grows up in, in a very isolated way in the marshes of North Carolina. So it's mm-hmm. sort of a, a Southern um, American tone. And then the second timeline is an investigation into the murder of a young man, uh, a local celebrity in the little town just on this coastal, in this fictional coastal town in North Carolina. So mm. um, Kaya lives outside on the marshes outside of this coastal town. And the two stories are, are meshed together and inter- intertwined. I'm halfway through it. And um, I had to get past wondering because it always the, the narrative's always about the marshes and I'm she's talking about all these different beautiful birds and herons. It's quite an exploration of the natural world of the marshes and the mm. ecosystems there, which is amazing. But I couldn't get the alligators out of my head because I have this <laughs> thing about alligators and crocodiles. And so I had to Google, would there have been alligators yeah. <laughs> in North Carolina? Yeah, <laughs> Turns sure. out less common in on the coastal parts of Northern Carolina. So Good. maybe we're going to hear about some gators in the second, you know, in, <laughs> in the future of the book. But anyway, I guess what I've been thinking is I'm really going to enjoy watching the movie and deciding whether the movie is true to the book. Yeah. But um, the last few um, crime books I've read has really shown me that I don't enjoy the feeling of suspense. No. So I really <laughs> want to skip to the end just to know because yeah. I've got an impending sense of doom about some things that are happening. And yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say about the book other than I feel excited to be on the bandwagon. I want to talk about the book with other people, but I'm also not enjoying it as much as I could. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's great. I'm uh, loving reading books, getting, uh, jumping into things. Yeah. um, Jen is totally that uh, way with the uh, lack of suspense. She's got no qualms about reading the lot, flipping to the back, seeing how this ends. Yes. She'll do the same with series on on streaming as well. Yeah, that's it. If not, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I don't actually like the feeling in my chest of, (gasps) I really, really don't like it. Because I like to be able to think, oh, and this is probably the story arc. Okay, I'll go through your story with you. I'm going to emote with you, but also don't give me a shock. Yeah. If this is going to go badly, I need to know that now, not wondering how badly this could possibly go. I never look ahead. Yeah. Oh. I, even even on uh, streaming, I will not stream, scroll down and see how many um, episodes there are because oh, I'm wow. afraid I'll see some 
some one of the episode descriptions will give something away. So Oh, and but, you really enjoy that feeling of not knowing just how long it's going to go for. Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. It's it's, oh. yeah, it's a complete opposite. Jen thinks I'm crazy, but I yeah, I, <laughs> I will not skip ahead. There's some virtue in that. You know, I respect <laughs> you, mate. There's another crime book I read recently where it was just getting worse and worse and the suspense, I literally cried out in my car. I can't stand this. And yeah, skipped yeah. To an hour before the end of the, the audiobook because I just was like, no, no more. <laughs> yeah, I don't do much crime, so that maybe that's part of it, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, and but you've also been reading a book. Yes, look at this. We've got two two book readings in the morning. Oh. This really is fitting into our, our, um, in, our podcast the theme. And I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm two-thirds of the way through Nelson Mandela's autobiography, uh, Long Walk to Freedom. Yes. Uh, and I picked that up because I thought, oh, it's, it's always one of those books I feel like I sh- I've heard of. I should I read, should read. Yeah. It's embarrassing how little I know about South Africa and South African mm. politics. And I've got South African friends and I thought there was just a whole stack of reasons to, to read it. Mm. Um, and it's been, oh, look, it's a long book. What am I? Uh, it's, it's like 400, and, no, 800 pages, something like that. Whoa. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't leave much out. It's all, <laughs> it's all in there. Um, Is it autobiographical yes, or biographical? Yes, it's autobiographical. Um, oh, all um, right. And so, yeah, it starts from beginning to end. Um, Really well written. Like he's he's highly educated, a, a lawyer, a good writer. So um, yeah, well written and descriptive. And so uh, the things I've intri- let me I'll share a few things I found interesting or I've noticed. Um, the uh, he's actually got quite a Christian influence in shaping who he yeah. is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not quite sure what you know. He doesn't go deep into his his personal faith and so on. But mm. he, at least where I'm at so far. But um, yeah, he was educated by christians really like mm-hmm. at a simple the reason that he he's educated the reason he can um speak different languages and write and think and think critically and persuade and build arguments um yeah he was educated by christians wesleyan missionaries um oh wow uh so um i thought that was interesting mm. um again you know just seeing the influence of christianity in the world in terms of mm. education and mm. um uh, i think that's yeah Good to know. Mm. Um, really, um, in, I've just was amazed by like what it's like to live in a apartheid society or a, a mm. yeah, discriminatory society like that. Um, you know, things that you just um, Africans, uh, or I think um, blacks, blacks or Africans, they were called the same, um, had to carry a pass with them all times. Then so, any, oh, wow. any policeman could just examine your pass and see you were in the right area. They couldn't mm. buy a property in certain places. They, there were mm. buses they couldn't catch or, or not what catch jobs they couldn't get. Mm. They couldn't vote. Um, I'll just read a quote from one of his famous speeches in one of his trials. He just said, um, uh, the lack of human dignity experienced by Africans is the direct result of the policy of white supremacy. White supremacy implies black inferiority. Legislation designed to preserve white supremacy entrenches this notion. Menial tasks in South Africa are invariably performed by Africans. When anything has to be carried or cleaned, the white man looks around for an African to do it for him, whether the African is employed by him or not. Mm. And, yeah, he'll talk about times when he was just walking past and some white lady will tell him to pick up a thing or carry a bag or or Mm. move a thing, so... Um, yeah, just the inside of an autobiography, someone who was there into that life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then wow. uh, the last thing I'll share, just, yeah, he's in, yeah, in prison at the moment in Robben Island where he spends, I think, 20 years. Mm. And, uh, uh, yeah, prison life, surviving there, that's that's just fascinating. 
Um, I think any time I've read about people in prison, it's just um, amazing. So, mm. yeah, a very hard time and, um, yeah, it showed a lot of perseverance and courage, I think, to, to keep going through that. Mm. Yes, as you're, as you're speaking, um, it's just so fruitful, isn't it, to hear of the struggles that people face as a way to seek to understand what their life must be like and mm. feel the sense of injustice and want that to change. Mm. Um, yeah, I, just as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh, that's so wrong, that's so wrong. <laughs> yes. But I need, to, I need to see it, I need to hear about it to feel that that's wrong, you know. Mm. I can't, mm. like ignorance is not good. <laughs> no, so, no. Yeah, oh, that sounds really, that sounds really engaging. Yeah, so enjoying it. Still got a bit more to go, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, really. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. And you've been reading Jeremiah. Yes, doing some um, slow uh, reading through Jeremiah 26, a little bit verse by verse kind of stuff. Hmm. Um, and the things that struck me today is just, um, I'll just read a section from, uh, this section of Jeremiah 26, obviously big book, hard to get your handle on, but at this point, uh, Jeremiah the prophet is in the reign of Jehoiakim, um, hmm. the sort of third last king of Judah, and uh as always, it's a difficult time for Jeremiah, but he's preached um, judgment and impending destruction on Jerusalem, um, and he's preached that to the pr- the priests and the false prophets and the various officials and the people, um, and they've responded um, very badly. Verse eleven, they've said he, he's, he needs to die. Um, but Jeremiah's <laughs> Jeremiah's response <sighs> is quite was quite bold, and I I thought I'd share that. Um, so uh, Jeremiah said to all the officials, this is 26 verse 12, the Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city all the things you have heard. Now reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent and not bring the disaster he has pronounced against you. As for me, I am in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good and right. Be assured, however, that if you put me to death, you will bring the guilt of innocent blood on yourselves and on this city and on those who live in it. For in truth, the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. Then the officials and all the people said to the priests and the prophets, this man should not be sentenced to death. He has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. <laughs> um, and so what I liked about that was just the boldness of Jeremiah saying, you mm. know, in this dispute, um, he didn't muck around really. He just said, no, I, this is from God. These are God's words. This is what you need to do. Uh, a boldness in death. Um, mm. Mm. You know, if you, well, you know, do whatever. But um, you should know. That you'll be you'll be guilty of a of a serious crime, which, which could uh, bring on even worse judgment upon yourselves if you do it. Yes, um, <laughs> wow. I'm al- almost of some Nelson Mandela parallels here. Very <laughs> brave under trial, <laughs> yeah. um, and then I've, people respond. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Wow, I'm I'm just so um, moved by verse fourteen. As for me, I am in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good and right. He really that. That reflects a trust in the Lord, doesn't it? Where he's like, mm. well, I've done what I need to do to obey the Lord. And yeah. so you do what you need to do. But behind that must be his great confidence that wh- whether he does face death, whether he does die or not, that God has purpose for his life. And whoa. Yeah. yeah. Just really bold. And there's something about what he says is convicting. Everyone says, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, let's change the plan. Let's <laughs> kill him. Um, you know, it's not like he's built a very extensive argument. He's he's just been bold, proclaiming, reflecting mm. that confidence. Mm. Um, and he's got some history of, of being a prophet for a while, but um, yeah, the people think, actually, no, we don't want to take that risk of bringing innocent blood upon ourselves. Yeah. Wow. 
So um, I and they guess can see that he's spoken in the name of the Lord. That verse yeah. um, sixteen, isn't that so? That's so great that they could see that he was a messenger of the Lord. It wasn't just oh, for mm. my own. Oh, I don't want. To, I don't want to face things bad. Just like he, they actually see something significant happening. Mm. God has sent a messenger. That's yeah. good. Yeah, and I think you know it's not too hard to see potential leads forward to Jesus as mm. a bold speaker, a prophet in mm. Jerusalem, yeah. um, with threat of death all around him. Yeah, um, I'm also thinking of um, the parable of the tenants. So Jesus mm. says that we've, you know, the, the farmer sent um, son, uh, servant after servant, and you bashed them and sent them away, and then yeah. I send my son. And Jesus is speaking this to the chief priests and elders and leaders of the people, and yeah. this is God sending a servant to call his people back. This is the yeah. You know, exactly what Jesus describes in the parable of the tenants. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And of course, um, boldness for us in our speech, yeah, mm. and, and confidence. So, oh, how enjoyable, Richard. Um, yeah, Jeremiah 26. Um, yeah. going through that slightly. Do, did uh, it change how you, just before we move on, did it change mm. how you think about, like, how did this apply for you? Because it's sort of in some ways quite distant for, from us. Yeah, no, I think um, just a, a boldness in, uh, in speaking yeah. up for God. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like you focus there, you know, what whatever you think is good and right, <laughs> like a confidence yeah. in God, um, a willingness, um, yeah, not not to bind up, um, yeah, my state of mind too closely with other people's mm. responses and, mm. and draw a bit of distinction there. So that's a good phrase, not to bind up my state of mind too closely with other people's responses. That's good, Richard. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, that's right. We write that one down. Yeah, um, <laughs> you should write that one down. There's a book in that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm just for everyone listening it. on. I'm just teasing Richard because I reckon he's a good writer. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you are teasing me mercilessly. <laughs> um, moving on, oh, Joe, you yes. are doing some reading. I'm doing some reading. So, tell us. I'm reading within a context of a little story. So, I'm going to tell a little story. Yeah. So, I caught up with our dear friend Andrew yesterday, um, and he and I have been talking over the years about um, the the maturity elements of of Christians and money and wealth. Mm. And we've been thinking about how would you, what sorts of things do you want to teach people from the Bible about money and how do we how do we grow in our generosity and our dependence on God and use our money to see gospel work happen. And so we got together and to prepare for the meeting, we'd both done different things to prepare for the meeting. And I sat down and I had this pile of books that I've got that I've always wanted to read and I started reading and not finished it, etc. Mm. And I acknowledged to him that, I hadn't actually read these books and we we agreed that that I hadn't found them very engaging. Anyway, um, so we, we continued to work and we continued to, we looked at some of the Bible um, study that he'd written and we moved on. And I came home and I thought, I wonder why I haven't read these books. I might just open one. Mm. So I started reading it yesterday and I realised that I actually really needed to read this book because... I, I wrote down a few of the questions or the thoughts I've had about money in the last, this is the last week. Here are the, mm. here are the questions. How will I cope with rising inflation? Do I have enough savings if something goes wrong and I can't work? Is my insurance enough to cover the house if it slides down the hill? Will mm. I face mortgage stress because of rising interest rates? And should I give less to be able to pay for my renovation? All mm. of those things I have thought in the last week because mm. my insurance changed, my mortgage has changed, and I'm doing renovation and re- inflation is you know being dealt with. And so interest rates are going up. And so... I was reading this book thinking, oh, this is really good for other people to read. And then I had this moment where I was so thankful to God where he said he was he just used this book to show me that I had a lot to grow in myself. 
<laughs> and so I just thought I'd read one or two quotes. It's a book called Money Counts by Graham Bainon, B-E-Y-N-O-N, um, How to Handle Money in Your Heart and With Your Hands. It's published mm-hmm. by The Good Book Company. So you're pretty sure you're on a winner when you get something from The Good Book Company. Yeah. Um, and he he just does a, a general exploration of a lot of topics. That if you've thought anything about money and you're a Christian, you've probably thought about it before, but I would still encourage this as a read. It's I think it's a quality little book. Yeah. Um, so one thing that struck me is the, the challenge to see um, money as a, a range of different things, so um, how harmful money can be. Mm. And this is one phrase that I thought, would be really good to read. So here we go. Ultimately, money can never give us security in, through, or and after death. And then he quotes um, some scripture. Wealth is worthless in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Um, that's a proverb. The Bible's view of the future extends beyond old age and into eternity. It's crystal clear that money will gain you nothing there. Psalm 49 reflects on people getting rich and enjoying life but brings the perspective of eternity into play. Here's the conclusion, and he quotes Psalm 49. I'll just read that. Don't be overawed when others grow rich, when the splendor of their houses increases, for they will take nothing with them when they die. Their splendor will not descend with them. Though while they live, they count themselves blessed, and people praise you when you prosper, they will join those who have gone before them who will never again see the light of life. People who have wealth but lack understanding are like the beasts that perish. That's mm. Psalm 49, verse 16 to 20. And so he goes on, money God, he calls it money God rather than God, he uh, describes it as an idol, cannot deliver on its promises. It cannot give us fun or good relationships. It cannot secure our health or happiness. It cannot ward off anxiety or fear. It cannot comfort us or wipe away our tears. It cannot control the future. It cannot guarantee us anything. Mm. And I read that and in little bits of my heart was like, oh, but you can do this with money. Oh, you can do this with money. But then I had to go back and read the psalm and see, yes, actually, we lay all of these benefits that we get from God on money. And we say, because I've got money, I've got these blessings. But actually, the book just helped me to think, no, no, I have those blessings because of God and I would have them how he purposed it, whether with money or not. Mm. Um and so my view of eternity has changed, my view of money has changed, but most of all my view of God has changed, that he is the giver of good. And it, it, it continues on. Of course, it, it digs into, you know, where your treasure is in heaven and investing yeah. in heavenly treasure and riches. And so I've just reread half of the book, just re- read half of the book just um, in the last day. So it's an easy read. Yeah. And I would say it's just, it's just really woken my mind up, relieved all those questions and made me think, come on, God is in control. <laughs> It's eternity that I'm investing in. That's what you need to live for. And don't trust in money. It's just, it's just not, it's a money God. It's, yeah, like yeah. A, it's an idol. It's not trustworthy. And so that's my little story. Yeah. Oh, that's great, Joe. I love hmm. the way uh, you've shared about, yeah, your heart there and the way uh, reading a book to, to gauge its value is yeah, translated into personal conviction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it was kicking and screaming. You know, you have those kicking and screaming moments where you think, oh, this will be good for other people if I read yeah. it. But actually <laughs> then you get completely humbled by the Lord. And yeah, that was yeah. a good moment for me. But I, I, I think sometimes as I was reading it this morning, I was thinking this can happen that we can think, oh, I've actually thought a lot about this. So I don't need to hear this very general summary on mm. this topic because mm. I've got this. Mm. But actually when I really thought about where my heart was at, I, like many other people, 
right now are looking at the financial circumstances of interest rates rising quite rapidly, et cetera. And unless you fixed your rate at, you know, one point at night, <laughs> you're thinking, oh, wow, okay, where's this going to go? And, mm. and or if you're, if you're renting and you're thinking, oh, I'm never going to be able to afford a house now. And so all, it's so common that we think with concern about money and mm. this book pointed me back to the word and I'm very thankful for Graham, my brother over <laughs> in the UK. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we mm. are out of time, I think, Joe. So mm. um, we better wrap things yeah. up. But great wow, to chat. Wow, we've for a long time. <laughs> great to chat books and yes. uh, Bible uh, with you today. And mm. uh, yeah, I hope uh, that uh, you get some sunny weather. The house does not slide down the hill. And <laughs> I'll uh, talk to you if again it does, next week. The Lord will look after us. <laughs> All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.